Blog Talk Radio. to raise the question, what is it that we're going to do independent of white people? It is very, very hard for us to envision a world without white people. But we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist. Now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them. But certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Yemhotep, Hesipu, Indamanesh, Indamana, Nangadef, Majwo, Salbona, Habaragani, Anisogama, Peace, War, Pan-African Greetings family, you've entered Africa's Reascension, and I am your host, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. We shall start off our show as usual with an apae, or a libation, which deliberately calls upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirit forces, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless this endeavor. I go. I go, I go, Odomakuma, Inyame, Inyame Wa, a treaty of Pong, Mawulisa, Olorun, Amen Ra, Beje Ensa, Asaseya Ensa, Abasun Ensa, Abasun Po Ensa, Nana Sergibi Ensa, Nana Esiketwa Ensa, Nana Dadakofi Ensa, Nana Tigray, Nana Tigray, Nana Tigray. Inside. Nana Sankofa, inside. Nana Kumi, inside. Kweku Free, inside. Akonade Abena, inside. Asubonta, inside. Ochawewa, inside. Tamensa, inside. Shango, inside. Oya, inside. Oshun, inside. Jehuti, inside. Asar, inside. Sekmet, inside. Nana Noma, inside. In Samanfo Abasua Fao in Sa. Abasum Abasua Fao in Sa. Yeshremo Yansa. Yeshremo Ahoden. Yeshremo and Chera. Yeshremo Sikapa. Yeshremo and Kwasu. Yeshremo and Kwasu Abasua Fao. Ye and Kwasu. As to Chu, Odomakuman, and Yame, and Yame Wa, Treaty Upon, Mawulisa, Amen Ra, Olorun, use me and this form to transmit clear, African centered theoretical and practical information so those listening can use it for their own transformation back into the sovereign Africans they once were. May I speak directly to their soon soon, their spirit? their ori, their spiritual head, and their ab, the heart, which for Kenneth was the seat of intelligence. The sunsun, the ori, and the ab. And may these words awaken 
the long, dormant, and asleep African inside of them. Medasipa, Medasibio, Mo Piapo, Mone Casa, Medasi Nanano, Yo Medasi Nanano. The apae or libation is an ancient practice that is still done to this nanosecond in all rural traditional areas throughout the continent. Past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow look upon what we are doing now and drawing strength from and doing the rituals of yesterday. All right, again, Africa's reascension, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. Uh, welcome Welcome everyone that's in the chat room Welcome everyone that's listening live um, Using the um, new switchboard It looks cool and smooth and everything um, Hopefully it works <laughs> as smoothly and, and, and as fine as it looks um, Blog Talk may have actually done something good here a um, few quick notes of um, some housekeeping and then a few events. Uh, please click on all the ads that's on the um, front page that you're watch, listening to this from. Um, it helps with a program that I'm in with Blog Talk. Check out our YouTube page, the Africa's Reascension page. That's Africa, Africa's K. Back. Africa with a K is plural and then reascension, all one word, on YouTube. So A-F-R-I-K-A-S-R-E-A-S-C-E-N-T-I-O-N, just type all that in on YouTube, and you go to our page there. We have visual clips of some segments from our archive shows. Got a lot of favorites saved from YouTube, and I've even uploaded quite a bit of stuff there, too, so... A lot of our scholars, <clears throat> Mama Marimba, Amos Wilson, John Henry Clark, um, and some others are coming soon. So um, check out Africa's Reascension channel on YouTube. If you'd like a copy of my first book, How to Make a Negro Christian, go to negrochristian.webs.com, N-E-G-R-O-C-H-R-I-S, T-I-A-N dot webs, W-E-B-S dot com. You go there. If you buy my book, 1695, and ship on the handling, you'll see 15 other books. You can choose one of them, and you get that for free. So you basically get two books for the price of one. Um, so negrochristian dot webs dot com. You buy my book, you get one for free. Other good blog talk shows to check out um, for folks who were just, I see that there's uh, one person at least that was just over Ambassador Asar's show, African Holistic Healing, Ambassador Asar and uh, Mr. Holipsism, every 9th and 19th of the month at 9. And for the regular listeners to the show, that's one reason why we're doing this now at 11, because... It was uh, Mr. Hol this nine o'clock. The nine o'clock hour was originally his, and um, when we when Africa's reascension started, this was our original time at eleven. And so, Hotel Sister Ia, thank you, thank you. 
And so when I saw that the 19th was going to fall on a Sunday, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to do their show at 9. So I went ahead and deferred for two hours. So um, I don't know how many folks are going to listen in live or be in the chat because it's a little bit later, but um, out of respect and out of making sure that this type of information gets to the widest amount, widest possible audience, hey, I'm the junior guy here in this blog talk thing, so I chose to defer and, 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 and come here for at 11. So if you missed Ambassador Star's show, he did a message to the black male or female youth, so you definitely want to download that. There was some a lot of good information, some practical solution-based information that was given there, so you definitely want to download that. And, again, thanks for everyone who's here now. Also, another good blog talk show, Pan-Africanism or Parish, by a brother named Taj Malik. Those are on Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. Pan-Africanism or Parish, Taj Malik, um, Thursday nights at 10 p.m. You definitely, definitely want to go check his information out. Very, very key and critical. And then Sundays is just like a jam-packed day. Um, for for um, serious conscious information um, Earlier at, at, at Queenie Fama I guess she now goes by the true scientist Her shows are on Thursdays at 7 Now I'll probably play her promo That she just resent me And it says 6 But she's in Milwaukee So she's an hour different So her show comes on actually at 7 um, Every Sunday So the way the noon Sunday lineup goes, it's Queen Ifama from 7 to 9, and then usually Africa's Reascension from 9 to 11, and then, um, ah, okay, and then, ah, thank you, and then um, usually Amara Squad do their stuff from 11 to 1. Um, like I say again, I may get a smaller audience because a lot of folks like to go to, you know, I'm a Ross Squad, and I usually do too, even after my show. But I want to thank everyone who's going to hang out here at Africa's Reascension. Um, I think we have a magnificent show lined up, and um, thanks again for everyone that's listening. Um, two events that, that's coming up, one here in, in the D.C. general area, And I see some folks in New York that's in the chat room, so definitely listen up for the second event. But for folks who are here in um, the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, July 26th through 31st in Crystal City, Virginia, the Association of Black Psychologists will be having their 43rd annual convention. The theme is Akobin, which from the Akan is the war horn. Um, Bridging for the Future Through Collaboration and Community Building. So, and for more information about that, go to abpsi.org, abpsi.org. Yes, Be Creators, Africa's Reascension, just like that, got the YouTube page. Yep, just how you spelled it. So, yes, so July 26th through the 31st, the the Black Psychologist Conference is there. Um, A lot of major speakers will be there. And even the person who we'll be highlighting tonight, um, Professor Linda James Myers, hopefully she will even be there and we get to chop it up with her. 
the second event for folks who are in New York. Now, when they came here to D.C., I had to check it out. It is phenomenal. It is a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You will never experience another play like this in your life. (laughs) It is the... um, it's 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 um the Nat Turner. It's oh I, what's the official name for it? But basically it's a show it's a play dedicated to Nat Turner. And it's done Nat Turner Day two thousand eleven and this will be in New York City. It oh my god, it is done <laughs> it is done by by some phenomenal people. Um there is no negroness in this play. They they bill it as child friendly, but you would have had to be raising your child in a certain way <laughs> to be able to um, get the concepts and understand stuff. So it may or may not be child friendly, um, but in New York, you you, you got to go see it if you if you deliberately and consciously call yourself conscious, <laughs> aware, pro black. Nationally, you have to see this play. I can't stress this enough. It's um, they're gonna do it August twentieth, uh, Marcus Garvey Day, from five p.m. to ten p.m. at the National Black Theater, and that's um at twenty thirty three National Black Theater Way, two zero three three National Black Theater Way. Um, you could probably just even Google um, Nat Turner play. And it could come up. And actually, whoops, I will put the web page where it go? in the chat room so folks can <laughs> Negroness, that's right. I will put this in the chat room so y'all can have it. That's the um link. Uh oh, it's not coming up. All right, Black Creator, at the um I'm about to play a promo and, and 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 some music and I'll check it out and on the other side we'll see what's going on. But um yes, Nat Turner Day two thousand eleven. If you go ahead, if you go to that site and buy the tickets now, they fifteen bucks. They'll go up to twenty. Um, so they'll say hurry, limited fifteen dollar tickets. Um Brothers Keeper will be one of the musical groups. Um, African Insurrection Music will be another one of the musical groups. Um, they've got um, Walimu Baruti, who will be the keynote speaker, and 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 he is the author of about 15, 20 books. He did a book on chess, um, Menticide, um, Your Reason, <laughs> um, Sesh, but probably his most popular book that folks got to know him by was his tomb, The Feminization and Homosexualization of the African Male. Um, so he'll be the keynote speaker. They'll have African drumming and dance. You want to go see this play and then hear Baba Rudy speak. Now, what I'm going to do is just to give you an, a, a, even a more of a taste of what the play is about, I'm going to share with you one of the songs. I don't remember them singing this when they was here in D.C. I'm a bit mad because <laughs> this, this would have been a great song. They had some other great songs, too, and I guess they couldn't do every song they had. But check 
out this song, and if you go to the link, it's on there too. But I, for folks that's listening, who's going to listen on the archives, um, I want y'all to get to hear this song so you can then rush to your computer and Google Nat Turner Day Play New York and and get your tickets to go check it out. So here is one of the pieces that may this the song I'm about to play will give will share what the energy of the play is about. Oh, how I need a plan 
for so much wealth and all that wealth is invaded in me. That's what these white folks done stole from me. Check it out. 
You can follow along on the computer or print it out or whatever, but it's there. Uh, so, yeah, so play some promos and some music and get right into the deep structure of culture. I'm going to have to... Uh, one cool thing about this new format, this new studio, is that they let you organize it how you want to versus, you know, everything just being in alphabetical order. So I'm still getting used to it. But, um, yep, here we go. And Sister Ia, if you're still on, don't forget, put your information in the chat so other folks can get to your show as well. Africa's reascension. Kamal McCasey Tahuti. As of this moment, we are at war. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301. 760-454-1111. When are we going to, as African people, step up the dialogue? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Because it's black African power. An uncompromising, unapologetic, African-centered internet radio show. Until we reestablish Africa as the preeminent value, none of those other solutions mean a doggone thing. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau 301. K-A-M-A-U 301. If you're not about nation building, you're not about African centeredness. 760-454-1111. As of this moment, we are at war. There's no evidence that black and white races can live in close proximity to each other in peace. Without, without whites attempting to oppress and exterminate the black. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamau301. K-A-M-A-U-301. What kind of God do you wish him? What's the name of it? Who taught you to praise him? Was this the God you were praying to before you were brought to these shores? Is this the religion you had before you were brought to these shores? Can you name one African God? Sundays, 9 p.m. Eastern. Blogtalkradio.com slash Kamal301. K-A-M-A-U-301. Peace and divine love, family. Do you want to critically analyze African culture from an intellectual, honest, and practical perspective? Are you tired of all the distractions, self-righteousness, yelling and arguing with no plan or solution? Do you want to build on the facts and deal with the subject or issue at hand? Well, come and listen to our nation's ambassador, Asar, Make Knowledge Born every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. That's every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. on the show everyone is talking about, African Holistic Healing, at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar, spelled A-U-S-A-R. Or call in live to build or ask questions at 347-850-8653. That's 347-850-8653. Peace.
From the show page uh, Come on We have alluded to it before But finally we shall delve Deeply into Culture and its three levels For, for regular listeners um, To Africa's reascension You know I've mentioned this before That that culture has What we've come To figure out um, Three levels to it, it, it It's it's uppermost is the surface level, the next level down is ideational, and its deepest level, the assumptions level. And so we will go through a magnificent article by Linda James Myers using the work of Dr. Wade Nobles and others to help properly understand the depths of culture as well as erase misconceptions and misunderstandings about culture. Um, we'll also discuss the implications of operating out of another group's culture and how especially detrimental that is for African people worldwide. And then, like I say, um, below I have the – I shared the article, so as I'm reading from it, everyone can follow along, and we've got all the information uh, in there while we're doing it. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of this talk, hey, Pianchi, what's going on? Um, you can call in 760-454-1111. The deep structure of culture, relevance of traditional African culture in contemporary life um, by Professor Linda James Myers. This originally was in the Journal of Black Studies, September 1987, uh, Volume 1, Number 18. Once I found out about this article, somebody who was going into what the deep structure was, you know, I had to, where the, how did I have to do it? I had to go down to the library and dig into the microfiche and, had to wait a while so they could figure out um, what was going on with the microfiche and had to, you know, they had to get it from the back. And then I got it and then, you know, uh, spent the money to make the copies to do what it do because this is a very important um, article here because um, I strongly feel once we get a proper grasp of what culture is, um, well, I'm jumping ahead to, to my concluding piece. But once we get a good handle on what culture is, then we can. it'll help move us out of this fake <laughs> culture that we're in and, uh, and uh, get us in line with what we're supposed to be doing in the first place. Um, Sister Ia, if you, if you listen to this on your computer, if you have my show page up, Africa's Reascension with this talk. Um, I think that's somewhere you can listen to it. If you scroll a bit down in the program description, it's right at the bottom there. It's a Google Doc um, link. So let me know if you still having any problems with it, and then I'll, I guess I'll throw it ahead and throw it in the chat room. But it is right there <clears throat> on the show page. Uh, 
culture defined as the total way of life of a people is somewhat indestructible. Ah, Madassi Team Africa. As long as there are people, they will have a way of life. Culture determines quality of life in large measure. The importance of cultural identity to people of African descent has been emphasized repeatedly, and she lists a few of the folks there. Now, part of what's being responded to is what Nobles describes as the conceptual incarceration of black people in the homogenous Euro-American-oriented culture. Now, this is a vital, <laughs> a vital, vital quote here. The natural consciousness of black people is forced to relate to a reality defined by white consciousness. That is, contemporary black people in the United States live in a psychosocial reality consistent with and supportive of white mental functioning. Natural consciousness. That means if we are not in this type of environment, if we are in another environment, and again, you see that wherever we are. You see a sort of natural type of consciousness, a natural sort of way of being amongst African people. And only when you're put into a reality that is anti, anti, anti you, do you see all these um, mental disorders going on. But the natural consciousness of black people is forced to relate to a reality defined by white consciousness. That is, contemporary black people in the U.S. live in a psychosocial, meaning psycho, the mental aspect, and social, the tangible, physical, real aspect, both of those, psychosocial reality consistent with and supportive of white mental functioning. And to end it, to round it off, such a situation is tantamount to black people living in what for black people must be white insanity. So this is what we mean when we say if you are not consciously and deliberately reawakening and living within our African cultural framework, you are operating out of Caucasoid cultural framework by default. Because the totality of this reality right now is set up in their image. All of it. Informal education, formal education, um, all of it. You can't get around it. So unless you have Fihankras, liberated zone, unless you are like what some of the suggestions that was being shared on Ambassador Asar's show, unless you are deliberately turning off the TV, <laughs> or or if you've got the TV on, you've got videos and DVDs in of more conscious stuff, more, more, hmm, that I don't know, recreators, um, hmm, you might have to be logged into your Google account to be able to save it. Uh, if not, 
then I can definitely send it to you. You know, shoot me an email at kamal301 at yahoo.com. I put it in the chat. Put my email in the chat. If 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 there's not a way to save it on there, just shoot me an email. I can send it to you. So that that's that's a bitter pill that we have to swallow, but it's a true pill. All of this is cosmic control, and so unless you are consciously and deliberately fighting against that, doing things different from that then we all are operating from the cognitive cultural framework by default without even thinking about it. So we got to get that down first. That's why they started this whole piece off that way. So it's been said we must become cultural scientists, learn the true nature of our African cultural heritage so that we can, so that we might maximize the benefits in contemporary times. Again, we're not learning all this, African stuff just so we can beat our chest and be happy and, you know, building self-esteem is a part of it. And knowing who you were and are is a part of it. But the whole process of education is to take that information and use it for whatever time that you're in. So, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead, but, yeah, so that's why – She's emphasizing, and we at Africa's Reascension are emphasizing using this information to maximize its benefits for contemporary time, for today. If we assume a single gene pool, except the most current archaeological and anthropological evidence, and follow what has been shown to be the tr- to be true of dominant genes of color versus recessive genes. All people can be said to be of African descent, depending on how far back they wish to go in tracing their ancestry. We owe it to ourselves to understand the nature of the conceptual system that yielded the first culture from which all other conceptual systems and cultures evolved or de-evolved from. (laughs) Evolved or de-evolved from. And I just want to make a quick note on this. Yes, we all can call ourselves African, however, that's genotypically only. Caucasoids will love to try to throw that in your face and then say, see, we're all the same because we can trace our lineage back to Africa. We're all from Africa. Hooray! No. (laughs) Genotypically, that is a correct argument. Phenotypically, historically, culturally, biogenetic, all that other stuff, that's specific. And that's, you know, so so everyone can't claim that. And we did a whole show based on um, the depth of identity and what the different, the five different areas that when you add them all together equal identity. And so... And so the biogenetic piece, the, 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 the genotypic information is just one piece of it. But, of course, like we'll see, Carbonzoids will take that one piece and blow it up, and then we're all from Africa, we're all the same, so what are y'all crazy folks talking about? No.
Thanks for sharing, and that's horrible to hear as well. Sophia just shared this is great info because so many so-called African-centered charter schools are missing the deep culture aspect in their efforts to re-educate African youth. Yeah, very true. And and as we continue, you'll, you'll hopefully we'll be able to show those deeper aspects that are missing, and we'll get to show what they're showing. Which will, which is made to seem like the totality of culture, which is not. It's just a part of culture. Where'd I leave that? Okay. If our premises are indeed true, having clearly identified the nature of this ancient system of thought, we should be able to distinguish the transmittal of its elements to all late cultures. Also, We'll also be able to see, using that framework, we'll also be able to see where all later cultures diverted from that original cultural template, as I like to call it. And so if, if, if we do our job right in this article and with this talk, hopefully we all who's listening now, who's partaking now, and who will be partaking in the future, i.e. archives, will be able to clearly see the African cultural framework and the non-African cultural framework. And that's just what she said. This article will identify the deep structure of African cultural heritage in terms of conceptual systems, discuss methods for reclaiming it, and the consequences of non-reclamation. And we'll just be discussing the dichotomy of African and non-African within this piece. The deep structure of culture. Culture has been defined already as the total way of life of a people. A people's way of life may be examined at the level of sensory observation or surface structures, which are subject to relatively rapid change, constrained by time and space, and non-regenerative in nature. Or another level of analysis may be the deep structure, which is archetypical. Now, she says not bound to a specific group, we'll deal with that in a minute, and generative in nature. Now, when she says not bound to a specific group, I I, I would have to um, disagree with that. Um, I don't know what she means by that because when you when you talk about the level of archetype and archetypical messages, those are definitely culture bound. And we we spoke on this before in a prior show. If we just want to use the example of the treatment of women within cosmology statements, because and 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 you use Kemet versus the Bible. Kemet within its cosmological structure has no problem with women. So therefore, within their structure, first of all, ma'at, which is the overarching principle of the totality of Kemet, is a female principle, or, or its energy, its dominant energy force is feminine. So that right there. <laughs> but then you also have... Um, in the creation of the spiritual universe within Kemet, you have the, 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 the eight sets of, of creators, which are all 
male, female. I'm in, I'm in that. Um, and, and the other systems as well, they're, they're all contrasted, male, female, male, female, male, female. Then when you come down to the creation of, 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 of human reality, you have Shu and Tefna, you have Asar and you have Aset. Um, you still have this, this balance there. So that's set up within the cosmology of Kemet. So therefore the archetype is set, and you see that manifest through comedic culture as far as them not having issues with women, as far as, you know, women being able to do what they want to do and need to do it, all that sort of stuff. But it was set up from the cosmological system. It was set up within the cosmological archetypes. That's what I want to say. Contrast that with the Bible. If you... The whole Adam and Eve thing, and and one piece of information that sort of gets left out that I came across early early on in my studies of that Bible was that you have a person named Lilith who was Adam's first wife. You ain't got to believe me. It's in a book called um, Hebrew Myths by Kersey Graves, and he talks about this. Lilith was Adam's first wife, and when you follow along, <laughs> and when you follow along and read the story, um, they say she she didn't nicely and calmly go along with what Adam had to say, and and she expressed her opinions, and when she would say stuff that he ain't want that that, that she ain't want to hear, you know, she just she would walk off, <laughs> you know, and. In as far as the creation of an archetype for within Western world with the Bible, you don't want that type of image of a woman, especially if you're within a patriarchal system. You want a docile, meek, quiet, listen to me, you out my rib, so you are my helpmate, secondary type of woman. Subsequently, Lilith is totally erased out of all present-day Bibles, and we're given the story of Eve, who is the more docile, the more helpmate-ish type. And then, hell, she's the reason why there's all pain in the world and suffering and and childbirth is done in pain and that, that whole nonsense. Within that sort of archetypical structure, it then makes sense that all of Western society from that story to now is still looking at the woman as secondary, looking at the woman as, as a helpmate only. And all of, the, all of the creation stories within Western system are all men, <laughs> no, no women in energy involved. It's, it's father, son, Holy Spirit. You know, they bypass the woman, go to the Holy Spirit. And so that that specific cultural archetypical message has followed through time within to present-day Western society. So when she says, you know, the deep structure isn't bound to a specific group, I have to disagree with that and say it's very bound (laughs) by the cosmology statements that's very bound by specific groups. And the archetypes that it creates are very bound by specific groups. So 
Um, you might even, if you're making a copy of this, might even just want to strike that line out because I think she she messed up a little bit right there. And then I want to, when, when it talks about the surface level aspects of culture are non-generative, but the deep level structures of culture are, um, what she means there is that surface level items of culture are made from the deeper level structures and how they're defined. So they're, they are generated from the deep level structures. They're not, they don't create themselves. And so that's why they're not generative. The deeper, and we'll get into what the deeper level, the deep cultural structures are in a minute, but it's from that foundation that then creates the ideology and creates the worldview. And from both of those levels, then it, it manifests in what you create, which are then the surface-level manifestations of culture. I mean, maybe this was done, again, since he uh, put it in the chat room, um, is she, may, maybe she's speaking of the false European universal. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Be creative. Um, this was done in 87, you know, so. See, I don't know if we could go there, Sister Ia, because when she says not bound, then that makes it seem like, to me, all the le- all the things that would be created from the deep level, the deep structure of culture, anybody could use them and anybody could create them. Anybody could take it and, and, and make it manifest. And where I'm coming from is based on the culture that you're coming from, Based on the ideas within that deep love. See, we haven't got. Let me wait. Wait. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait and answer that because we haven't directly went into the aspects of the deep, the deep structure. So we, we, we might come back to that. Um, coming back here at the deep level of structural analysis, evidence of a certain set of rules or systems is sought that affords diagnosis of the features of the empirical phenomena. Basically, she's saying you can look at the deep structure and see it and and do empirical analysis and see what it generates and what it creates. So that's that's what she means by that. So here, this next paragraph is the crucial, crucial piece. And I got it highlighted here, so you might want to do it too. Nobles identifies the deep structure of culture as the philosophical assumption, ontology, epistemology, axiology, and cosmology. Ontology is a big word for the um, study of reality. (laughs) Epistemology is a big word for the study of knowledge. How do you know what you know? Axiology, the big word for the study of values, and cosmology, the study of the cosmos. 
And and when I did another lecture and I used all these words, one of my colleagues, you know, sort of pulled me aside after it was done. He was like, brother, you need to come up with African terms for these. And so I'm working on that. That's, that's, that's coming. That's not here yet, so we're going to use that. So on the deep level, the, the, the assumptions level, the deepest level, you have those four things. How you know reality, how you relate to reality, how you know and relate to knowledge, how you know and relate to value systems, your values, and how you relate and know the cosmos. That's the foundation. That's the deep, deep level. So when usually when folks throw out the culture word, they're not getting that deep. And, and as Sister E has shared, um, some of these charter schools don't get that deep. They stay in the surface level and just think if we, well, I'm still getting ahead of myself. Let's go ahead and list out what the what's contained within the deep structure, and then we'll go from there. So, again, she identifies the deep structure of culture as the philosophical assumption underpinning and reflected in the culture's worldview, ethos, and ideology. That's the second level. That's the ideational level. That's where, again, worldview, ethos, and ideology how you view the world, what, what, what is moving and motivating you and your understanding of the world, and ideology, how you think about and, and make sense of the world. That's the second level. So we, we're going up now from deepest to, 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 to the top. So the deepest level, the assumptions level, that's the foundation. Those things then shape and create your worldview, your ethos, and your ideology. So, again, if we want to compare and contrast, and she's going to do this in the article, but I'm going to do it too. So if you compare and contrast, <laughs> be creative. <laughs> ah. If. If your reality, if your cosmology is based on spirit being the primary reality, then your worldview will always in some way include the spirit forces within it, i.e., when you talk to traditional African folks, when you talk to um, re-Africanizing folks, we talk about how the creator is the first ancestor. We, we 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 deal with um, at, at the beginning. We did the apai, and for anyone that's ever been to any traditional <laughs> traditional ritual ceremony or whatever, they we open up everything that's important with a libation with an apai because we are calling upon the spirit forces to help guide and watch over whatever we're doing. That worldview comes from a cosmology system that says the spirit reality is the primary reality. 
it comes from an epistemology system that says you do not know reality if you don't have some understanding of spirit. It comes from an ontology system that says that reality is tangibility and intangibility all at once. So, again, I'm trying to, you know, show how the foundational piece sets up the worldview, sets up the, the assumptions level, creates and generates the ideational level, which then, going back to the piece, the outward physical manifestations of culture and its artifacts, the specific languages, knowledge of tribal origins, customs, rituals, the socioeconomic organizations, and so on. And those are amenable to change and or destruction. That part is the surface level culture. The hair, the clothes, the partially the language. And I'm not going to get into the language now because the language part is deep. I'm sort of working on that. I actually think that the language aspects operates in all three. If you really want to go there, I'm working, again, I'm working on a piece, Africanizing the, the terminology and all that sort of stuff. But I'm really seeing language can operate in all three levels. Because if you can dream in an African language, and if you speak in African, if you Language is is, is 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 a very, very deep concept. And understanding a different language can transform your entire reality because you are understanding the world from a different conceptual system than the, 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 the quote-unquote dominant one. And for anyone that's even tried to wrestle with some of the African languages, we know that some of the words don't even have real good translations in English, so you have to try to come up. Like abasum, or, or let me use a different like akomfo in, within your Khan system, or babalao within your um, Yoruba Ifa system. We translate that as priest for, for folks as a quick, easy translation, but I'm sure... <laughs> Sister Ia could testify, Ambassador Sar could testify, and I could te- within the uh, Yoruba system, and I testify within the Akan system that priest is not an accurate translation for what a Babalaho is and for what an Akumpo is. So, so language is a very deep concept, and and I'm still wrapping my brain around it. So that's why I'm not going to fully address it in this talk today. I'm going to just stick with. <laughs> how it's laid out here so we're not confused, but um, the outward manifestations, the surface level, again, the clothes, the hair, the dress, um, on some level it is language because we know a whole bunch of folks who speak an African language but don't have an African mind and is not tied to an African spiritual system, so it's 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 not really doing them any benefit, not doing them any good. So language can operate, I think, I would argue on all three, but I won't make that argument now. So um, 
let's let's continue. However, the worldview. Oh wait, 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 wait. Before I continue, that's the other. That's another crucial part where she ends there. The surface level stuff is amenable to change and or destruction, and that's where MFs get caught up at. Oh, y'all didn't bring any of your African artifacts over with you. That's why you all aren't African anymore. Or, oh, you all didn't bring over your African languages with you. That's why you are no longer African. No, 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 no. And, again, you got to get Let the Circle Be Unbroken by Marimba Ani, and she talks about we don't usually know where to look for our African retentions. And so we'll get caught up in caucasoids who will just solely, deliberately focus on surface-level stuff, which is the hair can change overnight. The, the, the foods can change overnight. The languages, hell, I'm speaking to y'all in English, so obviously the, the uh, um, I'm speaking to you in English, so obviously that's, that's showing that the language can change. Um, the rituals. And see, I would put rituals, again, I think rituals should probably be, I I see what she's arguing as far as surface level and a whole bunch of rituals and customs have been destroyed. But I also think, and and those are amenable to change. And while I think we may, we definitely need to relearn some of the rituals, again, like the Apae, we can do it as it was done. You know, we, of course, will add stuff in based on where we're at, but, do it as it was done, but we will also have to create new rituals as well, so I'm not saying nothing against that. But the surface level where most people focus and try to say this is the totality of culture is only the surface level, and there, as we've tried to show, there are deeper levels to go. And for the charter schools who just are emphasized in African clothes who are just emphasized in African language, but everything else about them is, is Caucasoid in nature, is, is you know, sort of doing a disservice uh, because it gets much, much deeper. Because just changing clothes, just changing hair and language and all that won't ultimately change the people. It won't. Wow. It will ultimately move us to where we need to go. It's important, <laughs> again, for folks who listen to Mama Rimba, changing over the names is important. You know, having natural hairstyles is important, and it helps save money and keep all those chemicals out your body. Um, changing the diet is important, and Brother Holips, excuse me, Brother Sars got um, a year and some change of shows based on dealing with um, looking at the health aspect. All of that is important, semicolon, that is not the totality of culture because you get some folks that try to make the total movement of that. Again, y'all folks in New York, I ain't going to name no names, but y'all have got a whole, like, raw food or natural eating healthy movement. And they don't, at least from my understanding, they barely focus on anything else. <laughs> Eating healthy is magnificent. You have to do that so that the, the, the actual body can be able to do more stuff. But eating healthy is not the totality of the movement. 
You got to nation build. You got to set up defense. You got to teach the history and this other aspect of culture to the youth and all this. So that, you know, you got some folks that just want to do the spiritual piece. They just want to call them deities and ring the bells and burn the incense and deal with the crystals and not nation build and, and, and not do nothing else. And that's not that's not the way to go either. <laughs> you got a nation build. Just like I say, if you if you if you're not about what did Amos Wilson say, if you're not about nation building, you're not about African synonyms. Period. Point blank. We totality piece. We're segmenting too much and then want to say that that's the totality of the movement. No, they're leading you down the wrong path. They're taking one aspect of what's needed. And, and and blowing it up bigger than what it really is. It is important, but it's not the totality of the movement. So to recap, surface level, the outward physical manifestations are its artifacts, the hair, a certain aspect of language, clothes, diet, Dance, um, that surface level. Going a level deeper is the ideational or the, the, the thinking level. That's where the worldview, the ethos, and the ideology are. And both of those levels are under, are created by, are, 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 yeah, are created by and fed through the assumptions level. And and the reason why we call it the assumptions level is because it's so deeply embedded you don't even think about it that it sort of operates on, on autopilot. So even so even though we have been taken from our culture for fo- out of out of the continent we now call Africa for four hundred, five hundred years, we still within even within Wrong cultural elements, we still express aspects of our Africanity, i.e., within the church experience, when they let us, we still, we add in that call and response. That's not Christian, that's our Africanness. We add in a lot of the musical elements. That ain't Christian, that's our African aspect of it. Um, we brought that with us, and 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 it's unfortunately cloaked and hidden within the Christian or the Muslim or all these other foreign systems. Um, but it came with us from the continent. So those those that's just one example of the stuff on that assumptions level. It's hard it's the hardest to taint, to break to mess with those things. Even, again, on the language piece, to show you how deep it is, even after 500, 600 years in foreign lands, we still have um, the grammatical structures of African languages when we speak. And and I shared that in the debate that, that I had where I crushed um, Asari Mhotep. Um, and, and Geneva Smitherman and Ernie Smith and other linguists have spoken real, real magnificently on that. So even we 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 don't we still <laughs> don't talk 
and the majority of us like Caucasians. And now there's a difference between our, our West African language systems and slang. So, so again, check out that show. <laughs> check out my debate, and I talk about that. Or, or you know, Geneva Smitherman wrote a good book called Talking and Testifying, um, and I think the Ernie Smith piece on Ebonics is even on YouTube. Those are two um, African linguists. Actually, I think even Ernie Smith might even be used to been in the nation, but this linguistic information is magnificent. So, again, that's trying to show that on that deep assumptions level, it's still in us. And that's why here at Africa's Reascension, we focus on consciously and deliberately bringing that, awakening it, and bringing it to the fore so then we can use it for our benefit. Now she says, however, this is crucial as well. The worldview yielded, Oh, she, she's affirming what I just said. The the worldview yielded by a particular set of philosophical assumptions can be preserved in the conceptual system those assumptions structure in terms of African or, quote, unquote, African-American or what we call stolen African culture. What persevered and developed were the essential qualities of the African worldview a view concerned with metaphysical rather than purely physical interrelationships, such as that between music and poetry, religious functions and practice, man and nature, etc. Continuing. So 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 I hope y'all got that. The the the, the idea that the, the philosophical assumption is what persevered and developed. Now, we can even argue some of it may have, you know, mal-developed or ill-developed in us, again, because we don't have the, presently, we don't have the culture in place to be able to express it properly, so it sort of expresses itself in, you know, uh, different ways. And Wade, Brother Wade Nobles is real good as far as bringing some of these out. He even shows how when brothers on the street corner, when one of their homies died, pour out a little bit of liquor for the brother to pass, he shows that that's a carryover from what we just did in the beginning, the libation where we're calling on the energies of those who, who aren't here to help watch over us and guide what we do. And so outside of a healthy African context, that deep structural assumption of connecting with our ancestors has, has still shows itself on this, you know, maladapted level within the brothers on the street corner pouring out a little bit of liquor. And so once we can put more things in place, we can then use that information and use that knowledge to um, bring all this to the fore and move us forward. Others Going back to the piece, others have detailed the existence of a traditional African worldview, and certain cultural ethos seems continually to predominate. And then there are 16 people that she lists. So, again, for folks who keep talking about we are not Africans, we're Americans because of whatever lie they want to use, you got 16 folks right here. <laughs> Some of them, most of them um, are, are Africans, the stolen Africans. Some of them are white folks. 
um, that Zahan guy, he did an excellent book. And I'm mad I didn't buy his book when I first came across it in Borders because I saw it in there and I was reading. I was like, damn, this is pretty good. And I don't know, maybe it was a money issue. And then I tried to come back a little bit, you know, a few weeks or maybe a month later and it wasn't there. But the Zahan book, the Zahan book that she quotes from is a very, very good book. Um, did I catch it in the... Yeah, the religious, the religion, spirituality, and thought of traditional Africa. That is a good book. You know, it's out of print now, so you got to get it on Amazon or ABE or something like that. That is a good book to get. But she lists 16 people here who have written and shown that there is still that continuation of Africa within the people throughout, within the, the diaspora of African folks. And so for folks who say that they're not African because of this, this, that, and the other, they're exposing themselves. They ain't did the research. They, they they haven't read anything. And then we can even add some more folks to that list. Um, Baba Koto, Nation Building, that book is a magnificent book, and Sankofa Movement, Raffinization and Reality of War. Um, a book I just mentioned, Murmur by Ani, Let the Circle Be Unbroken. That whole book is focused on how um, we're still Africans based on our spiritual expressions. Yes, Brother Zebo's book, um, um, uh, Historical Perspectives of African Consciousness, something like that. I can't, I can't think of the exact title. You put me on the spot, but yeah, that's a good book too. And then, of course, who will be pulling on a lot from shortly, um, Kobe Cambon, African personality in America. I'm almost to the point where I will no longer debate anybody else on this identity piece if they have not heard of or had not read Kobe Cambon's African personality in America and African-centered framework. To me, that book answers and says it all. It answers and says it all, African personality in America and all the stuff that he goes through. It 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 shoots down all this we ain't African argument in one 212-page book. So I, yeah, Team Africa. Um, again, shoot me your shoot me your email. Shoot me email at. Um, at um that other Kamal three oh one at Yahoo dot com. I can um put you in touch with with the folks that made um nation building and and 'cause at the Sankofa conferences, you know, they always had copies there and stuff. It, 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 it's they they try to get them out, you know, to some of the other black bookstores throughout throughout the country. But, yeah, I can put you in touch with the folks to um, get a copy of that book. Or even depending on, I don't know where exactly you at. If you're in New York, I'm sure they got some bookstores there that have a copy. But, um, again, I'll put my email in the chat room. So for anybody who can't download what I'm reading from or you got questions, you just want to chop it up or all that good old stuff, hit me up with an email. Um, and again, if you want a copy of Nation Build, and I can put you in touch with the um, 
with the Occulto family. They're here in D.C., and I know them personally, and we can work something out and get you a copy of Nation Build. That's, that's a magnificent book. Hell, one day I may break down and we'll have, you know, a lecture series on um, on um, in Memphis. Okay, yeah, that might be a little tough. We'll, 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 we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Try to get you a copy and work it out. Um, but, yeah, we may have to have a lecture series on a nation-building book because what they set up, what they got in place is phenomenal. So, yeah, so then she continues, comes back here. Um, Vernon Dixon and um, Edwin Nichols, again, who's here in D.C., they have been particularly clear in delineating and articulating the philosophical assumptions of worldview. Ontologically, or the nature of reality, is believed to be at once spiritual and material. Spiritual material, extrasensory can be known through the five senses. Self-knowledge becomes the basis of all knowledge in Afrocentric epistemology. And I really like how Ambassador Sar did it in his show where he broke down the um, how self-knowledge is. You've got that individual self-knowledge, you know you and your specific self, but self meaning your culture as well. And, and I really like that he broke that down and made that plain because I think some folks, um, especially those damn New Age folks, they get caught up in self-knowledge and just think, oh, all within me and myself is contained all wisdom. Yeah, sort of, kind of, not really. you got to add to that self-knowledge with the cultural self. You are an individual self and a cultural self. And, again, that that's African epistemology. You, the individual, are a composite being of the, 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 the creator, creative forces, which is the first ancestor, certain other spiritual forces who are watching after you within the um, Ifa system, it's your Ori, and then there's some other aspects within the Akan system. You, you, you have certain spiritual aspects that make up the, the individual, and you have your ancestral lineage. So the there, in, in the African epistemology, there is no individual you that's solely just you um, <laughs> by yourself and all that sort of stuff. It's you plus a whole bunch of other stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Sister Ia added, Akbar's Africa itself has five components. This is good to introduce to the youth because it helps them comprehend the connection to and through their families, ancestors, and elders. Yes. We are, when you look at me, I heard somebody say this, when you look at me, you're looking at Kamal Mukasey Tahuti, and you're also looking at my mom, my, 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 my father, my grandmother, my grandfather, my great-great-grandmother, all the way back to the continent and then all the all the way back to the, 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 the creative forces of the universe. That's how we see the self. So self-knowledge is individual self as well as that larger cultural self. So, again, we, we just broke down. A deep, level, a deep level structure of culture just right there. 
in, in how how we perceive stuff. And then, yeah, and one knows through symbolic imagery and rhythm in terms of axiology or values, highest value is placed on interpersonal relationship amongst people. Word is bond, son. Is is my name sweet in your mouth or is it bitter? If it's sweet, I'm doing good, and I hope to continue to have my name be sweet in your mouth. If it's bitter, what do I need to do to get the bitter taste of my name out of your mouth so it can then, again, become sweet? Focus is put on that interpersonal relationship versus this um, object-focused reality of these carcasses. Diunital logic, the union of opposites, dominates this worldview and the process of intuology. That's um, all sets or inter- that's just the interrelationship of humans and spirit. And so it, it's interesting. I sort of alluded to it. I didn't do this on purpose, but the archives show that immediately before this one. Where it was a rebroadcast of my identity debate that was on Holipsisms and um, Ambassador Asar's show, um, you know, showing how we're Africans in America. And I didn't use any information from this article because I just found it. <laughs> I just refound it again. So if I could have found this article, this would have given me even more ammo to, you know, trounce my verbal opponent, even though I felt I did a good job with the stuff that I did have. But this one is very succinct about breaking stuff down. And so, so in that last paragraph there on page 74 is where she quickly, you know, just talks about some of the conceptual system. And then on the next two pages, Two and a half pages is where she goes more in depth. Now, got you know, thirty some odd minutes left in this part of the show, and then um, we'll have probably an hour of overtime. I don't know how many of y'all go hang for the overtime or not. So I'm not going to read um, the, re- the the this the Afrocentric conceptual system. Uh, which, again, is just going more in-depth and looking into that deep structure. Now, so, yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna play a quick thing of music, give me a drink of water, <laughs> and then we're going to... Actually, there, will be, there's, a, there's a few parts of that section I'm going to highlight, and then we're going to go into um, reclaiming the African worldview. And I'm going to correct what I think might be, I won't say an error, but I want to bring up something that I think is crucial that, that, that Sister Myers left out. But... We shall be back after a promo. 
and some music. I want you to try and tell us everything that happened. Anything you can remember. Anything you can remember. I just want to tell the truth. The truth. The truth. There's your truth, my truth, and the truth. People say one thing and do another. We call them hypocrites. This is Queenie Fama, the truth terror. And that's what I look for. I look for the truth. Join me on Sundays on Blog Talk Radio at 6 p.m. That's Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Queen hyphen Ifama. I look forward to seeing you 6 p.m. on Sundays. Come join me. Let's get down to the butt naked truth. Hotep, everybody. I just want to tell the truth. The truth. The truth.
because the way the system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. All right, we're back, and I hate it when I know I put certain things in here. Oh, there it is. Sorry. We should always begin with the African worldview, with the African asili, as it were, the asili, the cultural seed, the essence of the culture. Because... That is our grounding. That is our frame of reference. And without an understanding of the African worldview, we really cannot um, critique European thought and European behavior effectively. We need that foundation that comes from outside of the European worldview. We cannot critique European thought and behavior functioning within their framework. We have to come outside of it. And for us, what comes from our nature um, is our understanding of the world, the way in which we relate to the world, and the seed from which our culture develops. Ah, okay, we're back. <laughs> um there was a question thrown in the chat room. Our tendency is to gravitate to charismatic leaders instead of democratic organizations with clear lines of succession, which is the African way. Um, organization with not only clear lines of succession, but there also needs to be um, a council of elders not not like a board of directors, but a council of elders that are um, monitoring and making sure. See, the, the the way I understand it, usually the the the, the front person, the the charismatic leader, has always been there. So that in itself isn't bad, but the charismatic leader is supposed to be actually speaking the will of the people and the elders. And when they don't do that, it's the people and the elders that can pull them aside and check them. And we have gotten away from that latter part of it, and then Christianity comes in, which helps and push, you know, that that, that, that bigger piece in this world person has all the answers and all that sort of stuff, peace. And we've totally gotten away from the checks and balances aspect of it. So you, you, you do so there's nothing inherently wrong with a charismatic leader as long as they're within that democratic organization with clear lines of succession with a council of eldershood to check them um when they aren't fully Expressing <laughs> much context needed, yeah. When they're not fully expressing what the people and what the um, council 
have deemed them to then say to everyone else. So that's how I would answer that question. Um, okay. It's like, you know, and I put these talks together, and it's like I got two hours now to do the show, and I put the talks together, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be able to get through all this, and I got notes and all that sort of stuff. And then I get to start talking, and I add live, and then I look back up, and it's like, you know, we got 20 minutes left of the live stream. And then, again, like I say, we got about an hour of overtime. So it's just like there never seems to be enough time. And I want to get this in. Oh, I didn't mention it. I want to get. I want to try to get all this in now because next week um, there will not be a live show. I will put together something for everybody to to to, to air or to come up at this time at from nine to eleven. But I, it won't be a live show. I'll be um, taking some time away and going home for a week. Well, not home, home, not Africa, but secondary home here. And so, but I will put together um, a show, put put together a lecture um, by one of our people. Uh, I haven't figured out who yet. Uh, I'm leaning towards my marimba when she did a early, early interview with Lester Fell Middleton about her book, Urugu. Hmm. She did a... What's up, my man? She did a a, lar, a long four part piece that that really walks through a whole bunch of stuff, and so I might do that one, but also have a real good one by Dr. Carruthers that that I might do. I'm thinking to tweak the audio levels on that one, so I haven't figured out yet. So there won't be a live show next Sunday. Uh, but this will, you know, I'm a paid blog talk person. I can put shows, you know, on <laughs> even when I'm not actually here. So next week. So, so I want to see all of this in now uh, so we can have it and then move on and go from there. So, so yes, yeah, so I, I forgot to add that program note. I'm sorry. So, as Mama Rimba says, we to properly critique here we have to step outside of it. So first we gotta know that there is something outside of your fear that we into. Then we have to know that we have an African conceptual system into and then we have to know what that conceptual system is. And so the next two or three pages, she goes more in-depth into um, a few of the aspects of what that conceptual system is. Uh, adherence to a cohesive set of philosophical assumptions, such as the one just described, a conceptual system, a patterns of beliefs and values that define a way of life and the world in which people act, judge, decide, and solve problems. So, again, ah, Madasi, thank you, Sophia. Uh, So, yes, so with those philosophical assumptions as your foundation, they create 
deconceptual system, how you think about the world. They create the patterns of beliefs and values that define your way of life. And then those things are then expressed outwardly in the physical manifestation. Um, it is this conceptual system that structures the worldview at the level of cultural deep structure to be reflected in surface structure across time and space. So, again, in that one sentence, she gave you all three. The conceptual system, that's the middle, that structures the worldview at the level of cultural deep structure, that's the deepest, and then it's reflected in the surface structure, those things that you physically create. And then she gives an example um, right there. Um, again, like I said, I won't read the this whole piece because I want to jump to some other stuff. But I think this is an interesting point. Describing people, this is in the middle of page 75. Describing people of African descent, Brother Sante acknowledges that they, or we, are people who appreciate the continuum of spirit and matter, not distinguishing between them. Key point, key point, Fry, I think that's the white guy, discusses as the first construct of traditional African philosophical thought the notion that there is an all-pervasing energy that is the source, sustainer, and essence of all phenomena. Key point, that's how we start understanding the universe. In contrast, the Western worldview is fragmented with its separation of spirit and matter. Rather than emphasize the dynamic unity of all things, such a system, the Caucasoid, focuses on the segmentation of the phenomenal world, separating mind and body, persons against nature, and persons against self, and persons against others. Only within the last quarter century do we find an awareness, and I will say a small awareness, of this spiritual material paradigm gaining ground in Western science. However, knowledge of the implications of that paradigm shift for daily functioning still seems to elude Western culture. Very, 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 very true. Because if you are coming from a system that takes that, that, that takes the primary reality as the spirit reality, in the things that you create, or the things that you don't create, you will take those types of things into account, meaning this whole thing with nuclear power. Caucasoids have still, they've been, they even came up with this how long now, 70, 80 years, they still haven't found a good way to contain and dispose of the waste of nuclear energy. But it's so good, it powers so much things, and it's so da 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 if you can't dispose of the freaking toxic waste, what do you do with it? Now, we know what they're doing with it. <laughs> in Urugu, she, she shows that, that uh, they're dumping a lot of it in Africa. That's what they're doing with this toxic waste. 
I even read somewhere that they're trying to create a system where they can shoot. Hear this now. I hope you all sitting down. Where they can shoot nuclear toxic waste up in space. Now, of course, you know, they don't know the implications of it, but a lot of folks are saying this is a great way to get rid of this nuclear waste. Just shoot it up into space. And I'm like, yeah, I might want to use this for her class, so I ain't going to cuss, but expletive, expletive, <laughs> are y'all that disconnected? Well, yes, y'all are that disconnected from everything. All of it, I'm willing to bet a lot of this weird, crazy weather that I'm, I'm 40, and I swear growing up this weather wasn't this bad. But a lot of this crazy weather that we're dealing with now is in direct effect of all of the radiation that's being emanated from the 200 to 300 satellites orbiting the Earth that's messing with different um, 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 electromagnetic fields up in space. And, and, and I mean, I ain't no physicist, scientist, whatever. That's just that to me is just common sense. You put up, and that's just the satellites. You got a whole space just there that, that, that's messing with um, different electromagnetic fields. So all that still trickles down. Uh-huh, I started talking about how they messing up the atmosphere and the signal all of a sudden dropped. You see, because a weird electromagnetic wave came across the satellite projection of my signal, and it dropped. See, there you go, direct evidence to what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Oh, dang, it dropped for you too, man. Am, am I back? Can y'all hear me okay? They say I'm back in, and 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 it's live and it's going. Why is that blinking? Ah, ironic, <laughs> yes. The timing is interesting there. Why is that blinking? Anyway. All right. I hate to quote them, but see, I told you that we don't stop. Okay, anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so 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 that's just one example of the, 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 the again a different example uh, an example of the different conceptual systems. We wouldn't even create nothing if we couldn't figure out how to dispose of its waste, especially if it's toxic waste. We we just wouldn't do it if we smart. And and in this nation that we want to create, hopefully that I'm a part of and that whole lift is working on and other folks too. We ain't going to create nothing where, one, the, to- the waste of it is toxic, and, two, we won't know what to do with it. No, we, we, we won't do it. So that's be- – and we won't do it because our assumptions level tells us that the spirit reality is the primary reality. 
that then comes out in our ideology that says that the earth is filled of spirit as well as there's a spiritual dimension that garners and, 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 and deals with the earth. And so if we want to do something, we got to get certain permissions first. And if we don't get those permissions, then it's not done. Oh, okay. All right, so we're going to jump a page to the next one. And she does a real good breakdown, actually, of looking at the self. And, and make sure y'all read that. It, it it starts on 75, and it goes through that where my underlying portion is on 76. I really like how she looks at the self from the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, anatomic, subatomic level all the way up, and I really like how she breaks that down. Jumping over to on page 77, and then again, there's another underlying part there where she talks about how the African is at once seeing himself or herself as one with the infinite consciousness and yet individually a unique part of that consciousness manifesto. And one of my little notes here is that the New Agers have co-opted this and put it within the very their own Caucasoid, very limited framework. The depth of this resides in its African origins, and that's how we must understand it. Because none of the new way the African systems Kemet, uh, Dogon, um, I even think um, the Yoruba system does this too, where where we we are divine from the beginning. We're, we we humans are divine beings, and it is up to experience. It is up to our life, the community, and all of that to help us maintain that divinity and to help bring out our special gifts within the community, nation, the race, and all that sort of stuff. New Agers, the black New Agers and, and their acolytes, have, have taken that and have twisted it and, and have totally stripped it of all its depth, of all its Africanity, and they just, you know, we are co-creators with the creator, la, la, la. And, and, and it gets so much more deeper than that. And so if you want that deeper aspect, you you, you gotta you got to study us. you got to come home to deal with it. Um, um, African philosophy, the Pharaonic period by um, Theophile Obanga. That one might be a hard book to get, but he does a masterful job um, retranslating a lot of the um, some of the comedic script, but then also reconnecting comedic thought to the rest of Africa and delinking it from. Um, Cargozoid thought And so that Obanga's latest book is, is real good at doing that And then quickly I want to jump to this This highlighted piece Oh no I highlighted To this other To the next paragraph 
in the middle of it. It is important to know, well, no, the African extended self is God manifested. The human being is one with God. Excuse me, let me start over. The African extended self is Ra manifested. The human being is one with Ra, having structured consciousness through conceptual systems to be divine or supremely good. Here, here's, a, here's a big piece right here. Ah, I'm going to have to make sure I, I, I download this chat because y'all putting some good stuff in there. And and some of the stuff I don't even have in my library. It is important to note, however, that within this worldview, one is not automatically given the status of human being, nor does dying automatically make one an ancestor. Both statuses are accorded on the basis of one either evidencing the potential to manifest good consciousness, correct awareness according to the structure of the conceptual system, or in the case of the ancestor, having realized good consciousness in individual or group experience, self-actualized. I really, 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 really like the fact that she mentioned that. And, and brother, it, it, for what makes an ancestor... It may still be up on YouTube, but I know I got it on my Africa's Reascension page. Brother Fukiao does an excellent, excellent piece on what makes an ancestor. We throw that term around, and, of course, you know, you got Negroes who have jumped onto our bandwagon, and so they're using our words, but they don't understand them. Oh, we got to fight, we got to fight for the right to vote because our ancestors died for that. The term ancestor, again, like other things, insurmountable. That's why <laughs> use our own words. Damn it! Um, the concept of ancestor goes so much deeper than than how it's again. The, the, just how we're showing the concept of culture is a lot, lot deeper than what the popular masses say and think it is. This concept of ancestor. Are very is very very deeper than what most folks give it credit for, and so again, Fukiao, I, I put in the chat, F U K I A U, and he, it's on YouTube. But basically, maybe just do Fukiao, maybe ancestors or what makes an ancestor. That is, it's, it's kind of long. I think it's um, nine pieces, nine, ah, nine episodes. How come I can't think of the word? But it's it's real, real good, and he breaks that down. Now, we got two minutes left, and last week I couldn't get my my closing in, so we're going to get it in now. So with two minutes left, I'm going to go ahead and continue. I know this is late for some of y'all. It's early for me. I'm going to continue with the rest of the time because we still got Reclaiming the World View where I got to I gotta. I gotta Add some stuff in that she left out. Methods of reclamation, um, consequences. We we still got some more <laughs> to go. So if you would like to continue the live stream, if you listen on a computer, will die out in two minutes. So if you would like to continue live, seven six zero four five four one 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 one. 
760-454-1111. Now, of course, I know it's late and everybody, you know, may have to get to their plantation early tomorrow and whatnot. Uh, yes, yes, can they, all the Fukiao's books are good. Uh, all the Fukiao's, Kendezi, the um, African Cosmology, um, Mbongi, all of them, yes. So, yeah, if you want to continue to be a part of this, live, dial in, 760-454-1111. If not, um, it will be available for download in about an hour, hour and a half, because we will continue with this. Uh, again, a lot of good stuff is being added here in the chat room. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get my clothes in this time because <laughs> it dropped last time, and I get a chance to do it. And then we're just going to continue. We're going to keep on going. Uh, yeah, so. All right, hold up. Um, 760-454-1111, Bibi Fahodier, Total African Liberation, Yebede Inconim, we will be victorious and see any of the remaining people after this closing. of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. All right. So we are back. <clears throat> We're going to continue here. Okay, yeah, this switchboard is cool. So, yep, so we got an hour of recording left. Like we said, it's not live on the computer anymore. So for everyone who called in, who's listening, y'all can still hear it. If not, there will at least be another hour left within the archive. Yeah, I think I'm a fan of this new studio. All right, so, yeah, so let's continue. Now, that next paragraph, see, I said a lot. <laughs> There's so much here. That next paragraph, the African conceptual system with its spiritual material ontology and subsequent notion of extended self assumes a self-organizing universe. Then the process of entuology, all sets are interrelated through human and spiritual networks, assures that the highest value must be placed on interpersonal relationships between individuals. Um, Zahan notes that things and beings are not an obstacle to the knowledge of Ra. Rather, they constitute signifiers and indices that reveal divine being. What my notes on that part was is that, again, within the African conceptual worldview, you have an organized beginning to the universe. Within the Caucasoid system, the universe started in chaos. And I know they try to, you know, redefine and 
change up the definition of chaos to make it sound, you know, sort of like what we're talking about, but no. What y'all mean as far as chaos is totally different from the African conceptions of how the universe came about. Organized beginning to the universe. Again, going back to Kemet, and comparing that with the, 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 the Bible, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God, and the Word was with God, blah, blah, blah. Poof, that's it. In the sense that the tangible reality at the beginning of the Bible is what's created. He creates the, he, don't forget that, he creates the heaven and the earth, creates that separation. And depending on which part of Genesis that you read, uh, he creates everything and then he creates humans last. But then in another part of Genesis, he creates humans and then creates everything else. So, you know, and again, that, for folks who study the Bible, that tends to show that 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 there were two different groups who put those parts of Genesis together. And since the Bible was really just a hodgepodge book of thoughts and stuff that was going around during that time, they put together two opposing viewpoints. And then um, they 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 make quote unquote sense of it after the fact, but it doesn't talk anything about how the spiritual universe was created. Versus Kemet again, and I wish I had it right in front of me, so I apologize. But you have the the the, the great eights, which were then. Where's my Mother Nature Divine speech? I don't have it directly in front of me. But you have the um, creation of the spiritual universe shown first. And then you have the creation of the tangible universe. And again, the the, 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 the brother um, Obenga, African philosophy, the Pharaonic period, he shows that in um, Medinature Divine Speech by Baba Jacob Carruthers, he shows that and talks about that. And so that's that's something different. And you see an organized beginning to the universe within this comedic system. Um, and, and, and if you, to contrast that, if you look at how the Greeks talk about their creation story, or even if you look at the Bible, there's this chaos, this Mass confusion and and non and disorder, <laughs> and then all of a sudden stuff happens, and then you've got humans and all that sort of stuff. Two totally completely different cosmogony statements on reality: how the universe was formed and created. And so again, we're trying to show differentiation in conceptual systems, African to Caucasian. And so, yeah, and then she ends that particular piece. So that was the Afrocentric conceptual systems where she, like I said, goes into a few more of the things in depth. And we didn't read the whole thing. You know, give you all something to do, you know, do a little bit of reading there. But I did want to highlight a few of the points. 
Reclaiming Afrocentric Worldview, African-Centric Worldview, uh, page 78. Our purpose in supporting the resurgence of the deep structures of African culture is not for the reclamation of ancient surface structure culture in modern times. Even if possible, that would be unnecessary and likely unbeneficial. And then she goes on to talk about, you know, comedic mystery systems, and she talks about some of the rituals. Um, she says, yeah, we do not, however, need to go through the form and ritual of the mystery system itself to benefit from its teaching. Indeed, the conceptual system that we would be seeking to achieve would preclude that because its basic premise is to allow the outward form to change freely while focusing on its source, inward spirit that is unchanged. I, I, I do agree with that to a point, and, and I'm not saying that we have to 100% recreate the mystery systems to be able to get, you know, what Kemet had. Because you've got these um, Caucasoids, again, who call themselves Rosicrucians, who are attempting to redo exactly as they understand it and how they've translated it, the rituals of Kemet. And part of the reason why, you know, they've been a long-lasting organization, but they haven't really, like, produced anything, is because they're focused more on the surface-level stuff and since they call the they can't tap into the ideational level or the assumptions level because it's not part of their cultural makeup. So, 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 and and I'm sure some of y'all have seen them. They had a headdress and try to get into the poses that's on the walls and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, they'll be head to pulling and check on and all that sort of stuff and doing the, trying to do the chants and all that. Surface level stuff. Caucasoids don't really have the access to the other. They may be able to tap into the the, the ideological level on on very s- small levels. Maybe maybe. You know, as far as you know, with Asante and his take of Afrocentricity, with Basil Davison, for example. If you can set aside certain things about your own culture to be able to look at reality from somebody else's perspective properly, then you might can do it. But I think just the fact that I can only name one, (laughs) actually there's a few that I could name, but still, again, out of, the totality of human existence out of the totality of, you know, this reemergence of African-based information, just on the fact that I could probably only come up with 10 cargozoids, just that alone should let it be known that in the in the main overarching system, they can't get there and tap into it. So, So they've tried. What she's talking about is the surface level stuff. What they have is the surface level stuff, um, but they can't get deeper. Now, I would, 
I do think we need to at least understand some of the rituals, maybe even redo them. Again, like the Apai, that's what we say in the beginning. We 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 are, you know, doing the rituals of yesterday. It, it, past, present, and future become one as those of tomorrow. Look upon what we're doing now and drawing strip from doing the rituals of yesterday. So I do think we do have to relearn some of the rituals and 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 use them in this present time. Um, but I would agree that we don't have to again get caught up in that as the totality and make that the end all and be all. Oh, I know how to do this ritual, so now I'm completely accurate center. No. No, no, no. There's, again, other levels of stuff that needs to be done, as well as knowing a few of the rituals to then, again, move us forward. All of this information is to help move us forward, and I'm going to speed up so I can get to how this is relevant, I feel, for today. So I will put a little asterisk on that particular paragraph. And then this this paragraph after that, she says, given the Afrocentric conceptual system, life is meant to be carefree, free of worry, free of anxiety, fear, guilt, frustration, anger, hostility, and so on. The way the system is structured, we are one with the source of all things good and as such infinite beings. To the extent, however, we entertain the dominant European conceptual system, at best, aspects of that truth would be fragmented in our experience. My note there is that is, some of that, most of that is good in peacetime only. Within our present context, especially that carefree peace, I think that's actually a detriment must be put in check until we regain control of our existence. We are too carefree and too willy-nilly and too anti-intellectual. And, and, and again, we've got all these new agents in our midst who don't want to focus on anything tangible. They just want to be a galactic being floating up in space somewhere I call them floaters and all that sort of stuff. That's that extreme version of this carefree aspect. Um, I think we could even argue that we were a bit too carefree on the continent, even in the midst of the Ma'afa going on at the time it was going on, to allow it to have went on for as long as it did. So while I'm not denying that that's a part of who we are in our existence, I think, especially now that we're in wartime, that that needs to be put in check. And also mention, she doesn't mention it, but I want to mention that, that our xenophilia, our love of everyone, that expletive needs to be put in check too because that has really gotten us and is getting us caught up and confused. Some of us even misinterpret xenophilia to mean I don't even need to know about my African self because I am one with the universe, and so I'm not an African. I am just a human being, which is the most asinine statement anyone can make because there is no human being on the planet 
that is devoid of culture, period. As we started this, if you're not consciously and deliberately operating from your culture, you're operating from the dominant culture by default, unbeknownst to you, because you are not consciously and deliberately fighting. So that carefree approach, that xenophilic approach, which are parts historically of who we are as African people, in the war time that we are in right now presently, that needs to be put in check. And and we need to more emphasize other aspects of who we are in our African selves and de-emphasize that until we regain control of our reality, of who we are, what we're doing, all that sort of stuff, and then we can, you know, open the valve of xenophilia and carefree living to a point because we also, again, after after the war is over, after we got our reality back in check, we don't then want to go all the way back to the way that got us set up to put us in this 600-year sleep stupor again. To, to know history is to not repeat it and is to learn from the mistakes of history. And that being too carefree and being too xenophilic are two major internal things within us that help get us in the position that we are in now. So we have to check it for present day, and we have to keep an eye on it in the future. Lastly, again, this reclaiming the Afrocentric worldview, um, I thought she could have did a lot more with it, and and even some of my shows have, I think, done a better job at breaking it down, and we're going to do some future shows on specifics on how to reclaim it, but I really out of the totality of how good this article is and the reason why I'm using it here, this is probably the weakest area. And then as we see, it's only if it was a whole page, it would only be one page. And maybe she had space constraints, I don't know. But she talks about that that last paragraph. Asante speaks of the five levels of awareness in our souls. The fifth level, Afrocentricity, occurs when the person becomes totally charred, totally changed, to a conscious level of involvement in the struggle for his or her own mind liberation. This level of awareness is, of course, requisite for adoption and maintenance of the Afrocentric conceptual system. The consciousness of the person is totally changed and empowered when he or she establishes the conceptual system of the African culture deep structure. Um, consciousness alone isn't enough. Behavior change is necessary too. And and I'll, I'll, I'll even speak on this more in the next section. But Linda, Professor Myers, and and most of the um folks who, who we quote and talk about 
Baba Amos, Naeem, um, Kobe Cambon, but he get an asterisk, and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, Brother Zebo, Dowdy Zebo, um, and I can mention some other are all psychologists. And psychologists are primarily focused on um, the mind, the psyche. And and so when you read and look at a lot of the information, you know, change the mind, then you change the behind, change the mind, focus on mental change, change focus on, you know, getting the consciousness changed through mental activities and stuff. I was blessed to be brought into this consciousness, into my Africanness, um, with a husband and wife team. The wife was a member of the Association of Black Psychologists. So she, she, you know, was and is, she's still a, she is a psychologist by training. The husband, Baba Baye, was a, is a behavioralist by training. So I got a chance to get the psychological aspects of transformation as well as the behavioral aspects of transformation. And and within Western reality, there is a huge chasm between the psychologist and the behavioralist. And unfortunately, as good as a lot of our folks are, we still perpetuate that chasm. As in Baba Baye, Best Kai Ra, is the only African-centered behavioralist that I know of. But I can rattle off 10, maybe 15 African-centered psychologists. And he helps share that you have to give people things to do that transform the reality, as well as changing the mind. Both of them have to be there. And it seems like, especially in the literature, you get so much information on how to think differently, how to conceive differently, how to ideate (laughs) differently. But then when we're looking at stuff to actually do to change that, you don't find too many folks to give you that. That's why I put an asterisk by Brother Cambone because, again, an African personality in America and his African black psychology in American context, African-centered approach, he does have chapters in there that actually give you things to do, behavioral things to do to change. Because, again, as Baba Baye would would teach me, you don't always have to exactly know why you're doing something. Just go ahead and do it. Because in getting into a mode of doing something different, i.e. doing a libation, 
you know, your personal libation on a daily or weekly or at least once a month during the holy days, you know, just by doing that, um, by, by, by doing other rituals. By by performing, you know, Nakambuka Day within that ceremony, <clears throat> by by doing the rituals within Kwanzaa, even you're you're doing something differently. That's taking you out of what you would normally, quote unquote, be doing within this European reality. So that gets you structured a bit differently. Now, of course, you want to have the information of why you're doing that particular ritual and all the stuff beside it, but Knowledge of a ritual doesn't preclude you from doing and engaging in the ritual in the beginning and then learning about it afterwards. Like this, the, 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 the different shrine houses where they have the African ceremonies where you're engaging with the African forces. You don't have to understand everything in that process to engage and give yourself to that process. And then as you keep coming back, as you, you know, dialogue and deal with the other folks who are running it and putting on this stuff, then you can learn the different nuances and then you can learn different deeper manifestations and breakdowns and reasons why um, this is here and that's here and who who is this deity and who is this force. But knowledge of that in the beginning doesn't preclude you from changing the behavior and engaging in the ritual. And so we don't get enough of the behavioral change information within this whole African-centered movement, I feel, enough. And that's why I really like um, um, another reason, if I needed another, reason why I like African personality in America um, by Kobe Cambon because he gives you certain things that you can do and, and, and we'll share that in a minute. So then again now tying that continuing with this vein of the movement is being led by psychologists versus being led by psychologists and behaviorists arm in arm. These methods of reclamation are very, very good, (laughs) are very, very good. The first phase they identify as as reclamation. This phase entails the documentation of evidence verifying the true African historical record. Phase two is emotional and intellectual identification in which students conduct their own investigations, raising questions and answering them in terms of research of personal relevance. That right there, I know where she's going and where she's pulling it from, but emotional and intellectual identification, that means that when you read and look at and deal with African information, that's not them, that's not past history, that is us. That is you. You identify with that information. And there, there, there is a big disconnect when, 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 for some of us when we engage with this information. You have to identify with it. And, and that's how um, Baba Carruthers 
Bible Jacob Carruthers can look at and read the comedic text and pull out present-day messages for it that we can use today because he went in with an understanding of this is us and I, this is me and I'm identifying. I'm making an emotional connection with this information. How can I make it relevant for today? And so when he wrote, when he was breaking down the comedic information, that's the angle that he was coming from. And so you see that over and over again in his writing. So that that emotional and intellectual identification, we're looking at Kemet, we're dealing with Akan, we're dealing with Ifa, we're dealing with Zulu, we're dealing with that history, not just to beat our chest. We are dealing with it to use it and make it tangible. So I will definitely add to phase two there. Phase three, she says, is demystification, in which emphasis is placed on defining and clarifying structural elements, form, content, and other devices of the discipline. In phase four, understanding, the students focus on integrating, synthesizing, internalizing, and reflecting what they have learned through analysis, through analysis, we'll just leave it there. And the last phase, mastery, requires the students to demonstrate their understanding by applying the information in a product of their own creation for future generations of humankind and thereby taking their place in the African legacy continuum. Reclamation, emotional and intellectual identification, demystification, understanding, and mastery. And again, those are good. And those are well and good, but I'm reaching for it now. I like the Okoto diagram that we shared on the front page a few weeks ago, the Okoto reorganization process, where he calls it rediscovery, redefinition, and revitalization. Those are the three large phases. And then within there he has tied into, he has intellectual stuff as well as actual tangible stuff that you do. And so um, within the rediscovery phase, historical, reconstruction, antiquity, and contemporary. That leads to revitalizing core values of antiquity and recovery of core values of surviving traditions traditional society. That leads to recovery of sacred works, philosophy, and language, which then ties into reestablishing physical linkages, restore traditional values, and cultural formation. And all five of those tie into African-Sunni identification and evaluation of positive values, behaviors, and contemporary national experience. Then in the redefinition phase, the development of African world ideology, development of pan-African nationalist institutional infrastructure, including education, defense, and industrial development. And then it also is the selective adaptation of non-African technology, as well as the abandonment of culturally alienating um, behaviors and institutions. <clears throat> so while you're getting the core values while you're doing the 
recovering the sacred works and doing all that sort of stuff. You are also establishing linkages, physical linkages with folks on the continent as well as understanding your ancestry. You're abandoning foreign religions and partaking in actual behavior change and actually getting into African spiritual systems. You're devoiding yourself as best as you can of European language and physically and tangibly relearning any, pick one, African language, Swahili, um, Akan, Yoruba. So, so there's tangible stuff that you're doing, behavior change stuff, as well as intellectual-based stuff that you're doing. And, again, the the occultos, you know, I think they're also coming from the psychology and behaviorist position, which I feel is solely, so, sorely lacking, unfortunately, within a lot of the discourse. Um, and, again, to quote, to quote from them, and this is, again, from their um, Oncobia Training Leadership Retreat. They have a retreat once a year for a week where you go out in the woods and you be African. You, you, they have the intellectual piece, you know, where we're given a question and we get into groups and we answer the questions and break it down and all that sort of stuff. But you also have tangible things that you do. How do you still be African? What does an African work project look like? Can you still, you know, maintain some of your African stuff um, while 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 you're out <laughs> doing physical labor? You know, are you bringing um, an Afrocentric conceptual system of worksmanship to what you're doing? Uh, and it gets deeper and stuff too. So, so so this is. From that system, from that retreat, I'm saying, is what I'm about to quote here. In our quest to recenter ourselves, our families, our children, and our physical spaces in African culture, we must constantly engage in study and discussion, as well as strive to incorporate as much of traditional culture in our lives as possible as we learn. We must strive to incorporate as much of traditional culture in our lives as possible as we learn. So just in that, and there's more to it. Well, let me finish. In doing this, we put greater distance between us and the historic entities of destruction. What's that saying is, in that first little sentence, they're giving you you got to constantly engage in study and discussion. That's the intellectual piece. But we also have to strive to incorporate those things that we study and discuss, those aspects of traditional culture, into our lives as much as possible as we're learning. So so we're going to make some missteps, some things that I used to do when I was first beginning. As I learned more, I don't do it now. I tweaked it and made it, you know, a bit better. We're all going to go through that. But the goal is, you know, to incorporate as much of it, as much of this information that we're talking about as possible in your daily life. 
So creating an altar, some physical space in your house where you can engage with your ancestors and with um, the other African spirit forces, positive ones, is a major part of this as well as the reading and studying and dialogue and debating and stuff like that. Connecting to a specific system, still being Pan-African-minded, but connecting to a specific system will then give you rituals, will then give you customs, will then give you language grounding, will then give you, you know, other specific grounding, will give you certain holy days that you then have to deal with, will give you a set of obligations and taboos that you engage in and don't engage in. Again, it's... I'm harping on this point because, again, it is not properly done in a lot, in in most of the damn books that that, that we use to to move forward. So a lot of us are very heady in this. And I think that that over-intellectualizing piece of this African movement has unfortunately stopped some people, and and I'm I'm one of those, but I'm a lot better <laughs> than than five six years ago. But I think the over intellectualizing within our movement, the African Center movement, has sort of put an obstacle in our way from opening ourselves up properly to spirit when we get into an African ritual space, when we get into an African ceremony. Because we're sitting there trying to intellectually figure out everything and we're not letting spirit do what it needs to do for us. And part of that is because of the lack of emphasis on behavioral change, on doing things even though we may not fully understand them in the African sense, um, to help break us from this European reality. And so that's why I'm really harping on this. And then also, African personality in America, he, he's getting me to the chapter. Chapter 8, Reclamation, Reclaiming Our Africanity, Applications of African Personality Theory. And so he... He gives quite a few things. I, I, I won't be able to. Through mass re-education, African communities in Africa and those dispersed in the world must develop pan-African nationalist consciousness identity. Um, yeah, we, 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 we've talked about that part. The African community must also remove and eliminate and prohibit Eurocentric cultural icons, symbols, artifacts from home, from the home, school, um, religious or otherwise, natural environments of the African reality. This fundamental change in African victimization will naturally be brought about through the Afrocentric re-education process. Um, the pervasiveness of non-African names must be eliminated from our African reality if we are to succeed, if we are to successfully reclaim our optimal African mental health. Um, we must dislodge ourselves 
once and for all from the psychological death, death grips of our former slave masters and conquerors in Asia, Europe, or throughout the New World by rejecting and dispensing with their alien names for ourselves. Um, and so he talks about renaming ourselves. The next, the African community must return to a belief in and practice of African-centered cosmogony and cosmology linked chronologically to the present as the center of our African reality. Basically, give them back their damn religions and tie yourself back to an African spiritual system. Um, next, the African community must institute life cycle rituals, holy day, holiday rituals, as well as establish sacred symbols and structures as shrines commemorating sacred African events and conditions. Um, among the most important, among the important ritual commemorations. In this regard would be the Ma'afa. Um, another important ritual commemoration would be the victorious Haitian revolt, uh, representing the only true successful African revolt vindication against um, the slavery system that occurred in the so-called New World. Uh, in, in, in regards to the Ma'afa one, we do have a, a, a system Right now it's just in San Diego They have one in Jamaica also But it's called Nakumbuka Day N-A-K-U-M-B-U-K-A Nakumbuka Day Which is done on um, European Veterans Day November 11th But it is a ritual for us to acknowledge Remember Nakumbuka is a Swahili word for I remember And it is a ritual to help us remember um, Our ancestors and what they went through Within the middle the quote-unquote middle passage and all that sort of stuff to bring it to the fore. So that is one ritual that's in line with what the Bible is talking about. And and I still don't think we have, like, a nationwide ritual to commemorate the Haitian Revolution as part of our struggle. Again, because we don't identify with the Haitian Revolution as a part of our history, or and we don't identify with it as, as um, something that we should look at for lessons to move us forward. Um, I could get deeper into that, but we got 18 minutes left. <clears throat> he also is convinced that the African world must institute a purging ritual um, related to reaffirming our conscious resolve to sever all African ties and allegiance, allegiances to and complicitness in white supremacy <laughs> domination, which has grown out of our victimization revol- resulting in the Ma'af. So, so yeah, we do need some major purging ritual as well. Um, and then on page 184 in African Personality in America, he's got a table where he talks about African-centered rites and rituals. So we need the life cycle rituals, recognition of conception, Naming, childhood, adolescence, adulthood, middle age, elderhood, and elevation to ancestorhood. Um, And again, you know, I think some of us know folks who personally do that. I've recently been to um, good friends of mine, um, Kwame and Kosua, they had um, a naming ritual ceremony for for their um, newly born daughter. And within the Akan system, 
after after seven days. That's something that we do. And I've been to a few of those. And so that's right in line with that's that's a, an important ritual that when we get more African-centered and we start actually doing behavioral things, that's one of the things we then institute within our lives. If we have children, if, if you know, you're going to connect with the account system, after the seventh day is when you name the child, and that's when, and no one else sees the child, that's when you share the child with the public, and that's when you share to the public the, the child's name and all that sort of stuff. That's a ritual. One of the rituals that we need to reinstitute in ourselves as we're being more African-centered, um, the rites of passage programs, African-centered-based rites of passage programs, because I've seen some Christian folks try to take over some of their rites of passage stuff and add their craziness in it. So, no, we don't. We're not talking about that. African-centered rites of passage. So within the life, we need these life cycle rituals. We need all of these um, Certain holy days or holidays, we need stuff to commemorate the Ma'afa ancestors. Again, for within the Akan system, every 40 to 42 days is a holy day for us called a Koisiada, where we have a big ritual feast where we, you know, have the ritual and then afterwards, um, well, throughout the ritual, the whole entire ritual is a process for commemoration of our ancestors our lineage-based ancestors as well as the national ancestors. And so we need something on a larger scale for that, too. Um, a holiday for the specific nature, the, the deity. Again, within the again within these specific African systems, we have them. You have certain days where, within the Yoruba system, where you, you focus on Shango. You have a day out of the year where you, folk, you, you have ceremonies dealing with Oya. You have, you know, here in D.C., I used to deal, I used to partake in a week-long festival that dealt with um, Ebeje, or the twins, and that was a festival that's done at night. Um, I think they already had it. And I know up in Philly, they have the Oshun Festival, which I think, you know, I think went on last week or might be coming up, I'm not sure. So we, again, got folks doing it, but we need to do it on a larger scale. Um, we do Kwanzaa. We need more folks in that. The naming days and New Year, the Septepi, those are more rituals that we can deal with. Start instituting libation on a daily basis, he, he suggests. Libation, incensing, meditating, and just going to the shrines in general. Um, African identity reclamation is resolution rituals, sanction. A ritual to sanction folks who are doing bad stuff, ancestral wisdom, a, a ritual that calls upon ancestral wisdom, elders to honor the elders, a cleansing, purging rituals, spiritual healing, and, again, African identity reclamation for folks who um, are coming back to themselves. We need to have rituals for that because it's that ritual, it's that behavioral aspect it's something you engage in that stays with you. You may forget intellectual information, but if a particular, if you go through a process, if you go through a a, a very highly energetic ritual, you'll remember that longer 
then you may remember some intellectual information. So that 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 physical aspect of it stays with you, has the potential to stay with you longer than just solely intellectual information. And so fusing those two together, having a high ritual experience, experiences with that transforms the behavior, studying, dialogue, and debating, all that sort of stuff, that's the intellectual stuff. So we need to fuse those two together to move us forward on this um, on this uh, Africa-centered path. And then he, he, he goes on. This chapter 8 is walking through, again, some tangible things, tangible rituals and stuff that we could be doing, that we should be doing, that we must be doing. To, to move us forward in this process Intellect and behavior has to change um, So again then on page 80 She gets back Now she's quoting from somebody else And I don't know if these are um, Africans Or or, or Caucasian, um But she's using them to Either way, she's using them to bolster what she's saying. But she's talking about realize, at the top of page 80, for realizing and maintaining Afrocentric identity of being, Afrocentric identity of being one with nature, a prerequisite for healthy living, cultivate relationships with elements in the natural world, access knowledge of holistic medicine, resist formalizing and standardizing existence, guard against repetitive routines of the same old thing the same way, do some things when you feel like doing them and negotiate for freedom from time compulsion, be as frank, honest, and to the point as possible, move as naturally relaxed and rhythmical as possible, love life and self, wishing to see self multiply, and make sure you ask, is it natural? A lot of those are good, and a lot of those we do need to do, but again, some of those should only be dealt with in peace times. Some of those are getting in the way. Some of those have been hijacked <clears throat> by the New Age folks, and they take that one little piece and make it the tally of the movement. Some of the stuff is being um, hijacked. As this is all we need to do. And some of it, especially in peacetime, of some of the stuff I just listed, is getting in the way. Resist formalizing and standardizing existence. I'm, we need to standardize this becoming African process. We need to systematize it because it, it's too willy-nilly right now. And, and folks be reading information for five years and miss this one key essential piece, which they could have, you know, maybe skipped over four or five of the books and, and got further involved in it. Um, I ain't got as much time as I would like to have gotten into that because I beat the behavioral horse down. But some of the things there, I think, on page 80 should be focused on peacetime. But we're not in peacetime now, and and <coughs> this particular approach could serve to help other folks a bit more than it could help us.
unfortunately, I cannot. I got eight minutes left. I can't get into the consequences of non-reclamation. I'll let you read that for yourself. Um, I will add that with page 81, that first paragraph, we have to make sure that um, when you try to do, we want to make sure that we're not, we don't want to just Okay. If we don't reclaim who we are and we just want to color the white folk stuff up, that's what we're going to end up doing. We're going to be creating, recreating what we already got, but we'll feel a little bit better for it because it's in blackface. When you try to take the easy way out by saying that we've been Americanized to the point of just going along with it, If you can't and, 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 and if you follow in that If you can't beat them Join them syndrome You're actually answering yes To cre- Recreating The Eurocentric reality In blackface And again you got to read That first part of 81 To fully understand what I'm talking about Because that's what too many of us are doing. We haven't broken from the conceptual system of Caucasoids, and we haven't broken from their assumptions that we think are ours because they've imposed them on us. We haven't broke from those, but we've done all the surface stuff, and we talk a good game. And so when you really sit and listen to these folks, then you see that they're just going to recreate this European reality in blackface and some kente cloth. And that's not what we want to do. You got to make the break. You got to make the conceptual break. You got to make the philosophical break. You got to break from that reality. As Marimba said, the quote we played, you got to step outside of it. Then she gets into um, some of the disorders. And then her conclusion. The issues raised in this article regarding the adoption of a conceptual system rooted in African culture deep structure is empirically verifiable. <clears throat> and, again, she listed 16 authors, and I added three, four more, so that's 20 folks who have and are doing the research of the empirical verification. And when you read all these books on Africanisms in the Western context and Africanism this and Africanism that, those are empirical validators of African behavior within us. We just don't know it, and so they're called Africanisms. And like I said, in my debate, I talk about why they're called Africanisms, all that sort of stuff. Um, Come back to her conclusion, the adoption of Afrocentric conceptual system prompts us to reevaluate Every aspect of our being, E-V-E-R-Y, every aspect of our being, surface level, ideational, and assumptions. We have to do that. The overwhelming majority of our problems worldwide, but specifically here in New Europe or America, is due to our uncritical, blind adherence to Caucasoid culture and reality. All of us 
A-L-L. All of us are living our lives based on the dictates of Caucasoid culture by default because it is a prevailing culture presently defining and presenting all of reality to us. The only, only way to break that and transform ourselves and truly change our condition is to deny their reality, deny Caucasoid's cultural truth, and consciously and deliberately reclaim our African worldview systems and culture. Reawaken within us our African worldview systems and culture and relive our African worldview systems and culture. Reclaim it, that's the information piece. Reawaken it, that's the behavioral piece. And relive it, that's the fusion of the, the, the intellect and the behavior. Reclaim it, reawaken it, relive it. With these caveats taken into account, we are in wartime now. So like we said earlier, that carefree stuff and that xenophilia and, and, and all of that, we got to check that. Folks are out to kill us, and this reality is anti-African. So some of what we used to do and some of that conceptual system is getting in our way. So we have to check that and keep it at bay. Taking into account <clears throat> this present day that we're in, we're not about trying to recreate 21st century B.C. Kemet in 21st century Gregorian calendar um, America or, or the world. We're about getting that deep level structure of our culture and reawakening that, reviving that for the present day where we're in. And then taking into account regional peculiarities. The, the, the specifics of the solutions that we may use here in America may not apply to folks getting free in Australia, may not fully apply to folks trying to get free in Micronesia. Some of the deep, <clears throat> deeper elements of it will be the same, but those, some of the specifics of the plans will be different. So we just have to take that into account. Uh, two minutes left. How is this all relevant for today? Once we stop consciously identifying with America or any other foreign region, once we know America, Britain, France, or whatever, will not take care of us, will not live up to nice-sounding words on paper that didn't include us in the first place, and stop trying to force our obvious open enemies to see us as them, then we will be forced to conceive, create, and operationalize different solutions to our problems. As long as we consciously identify with America, France, Britain, etc., we will expect them to solve our problems or expect some trickle down from things they do to affect us positively. Once we step out of that for real, then it is up to us alone as a group to do what we need to be done. Secondly, all of this is relevant today because reconnecting consciously and deliberately to your African self is liberatory. I can't begin to tell you how much money I save from financially not being invested in Caucasoid holidays. Xmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, St. Patrick's Day, all of that, gone. All of the emotional ties to it, gone. All of that money saved. All those emotions 
afraid. You don't deal with that anymore. Divesting yourself from this culture is so liberating as much as you can, as best as you can from where we are and what we got to do. Those are just a few of the things that make all of what I just said relevant to this present day. Time is running out. There won't be a live show next week, but I will have a show up back at our regular time, 9 o'clock here at Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for all the support. Click all the ads on the page, um, download it, share it with friends, um, send feedback, email if you need, kamal301 at yahoo.com. Uh, see you next week. Abibi Fahudie, Total African Liberation, Yebede Inconem, we will be victorious.